Welcome to the Ransomware Battleground, where we dive into the world of cybersecurity and hear firsthand from those that are deep in the fight to protect your data and peace of mind. Think your network is secure? Let's check out how secure you really are with this week's chat. The problem with hackers and ransomware, event session. Today, it's an intimate chat with the co-host, Paul Fredrickson, cybersecurity consultant, and me, your host, Sia Yasotornrat. Before we get started, I've got to give a shout out to our sponsor, Airgap, the best defense against ransomware. With a zero trust isolation platform, Airgap confines ransomware to a single device. Put an end to threat propagation and protect your infrastructure in minutes, not months. And now let's enter the battleground. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to the Ransomware Battleground. I am Sia, and today we have another intimate little chat today because we're doing a lot of catching up. Welcome back, Mr. Co-host extraordinaire, Paul Fredrickson. Thank you, co-host supreme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's been a while since you and I have had a, you know, been able to catch up. I We've just had such a crazy summer and stuff, so... I thought, you know, maybe, maybe I, you know, since you're so busy and I'm so busy with our schedules, I was trying out with other people. So. Cheating on me. Cheating. Cheating. Or is it just really, we have to get content out that's really good in timely manner. <laughs> so, um, not that I don't love you, but hey, you're always going to be a place in my heart and also on Ransomware Battleground. So we can have conversations <laughs> like this where, look, man, let's catch up because it has been crazy the last few weeks. Um, I kind of went off on a little tangent and I know I texted you like at seven in the morning the other day and I just want to start off with, I am just in a feisty mood and I went on my life. Uh, I have another podcast that I do, uh, that I do LinkedIn live and I stream it across like, you know, the social media platforms, but it has more to do with my podcasting business and it is a hundred percent relevant to ransomware battleground. So if you don't mind, I need to rant for a few minutes. Absolutely. Okay. Go right ahead. So I said on live stream that if I ever run into a hacker um, in real life, I may possibly go to jail and you know, all that good stuff. And then I realized, Oh, wait a minute. Higgs, <laughs> is a reformed hacker. <laughs> but anyway, so Higgs, I just wanted to, uh, a very big disclaimer. I love you. And, uh, and I know the stuff that you were working on, um, was definitely not intended to just make money off the little people. So, uh, I was right. not in trying to include you. I guess that's more of the, what's that social movement mm-hmm. hacker kind of thing. But uh, anyway, well, you, you also know you as feisty as you are, you're not a, particularly large person to be fighting with anybody <laughs> just saying i don't want my friend to get hurt <laughs> she goes after a, you know because there, there there could be a hacker out there you know the size of the mountain you know and he he's an mma fighter now too so you know you don't want to be going fighting 200 kilo seven foot hey. tall icelandic viking giants you hey know. you'd be surprised it's just, it's, <laughs> hey sometimes it's technique it's not the size of the fighter. Sometimes technique will win out no matter what. I think MMA actually has proven that many times with the different martial arts oh, forms and stuff. Right. Okay, I'm just looking out for you. But at uh, any rate, I know. So, okay. you, so you have murderous rage? 
Well, Continue. I, I was, I was, I was so like wired up that I was like, I just was upset because the bottom line is this. I have clients that I produce podcasts for and, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these individuals are not tech savvy. This is their first foray into content creation and putting themselves out there. And when you're creating content like this, you are exposing yourself if you don't know the correct protocols, like just basics, like make sure that the website that you have that you want all your landing, you know, the landing page of all your content, for example, needs to be HTTPS. It needs to be a secure website, not just wide open. And, you know, People don't realize if you don't know it, you just don't know. Right. And so this individual did, you know, something that I, everyone does, which is you Google yourself, you Google your podcast just to make sure that there's no duplication or you just want to see, can, can you find my podcast or can you find my content easier? What have you? And the client discovered that there was, uh, someone had spoofed their email and she, the person was in a panic and, and they're like, Oh my gosh, someone has my podcast name. What should I do? And I said, well, hold up. Let me see. And it was early in the morning. It was like, you know, around seven. <laughs> and I, let's just say I did not have my cup of coffee yet at that point. <laughs> and I'm on my phone. And I'm just kind of like casually, like, you know, chilling and looking at it as I'm making coffee. And, and then I click the link, not thinking twice. And I look at the website and I'm like, wait a second here. It's got the name of her podcast as like a banner, but the URL is not the same. It is totally not the URL. And the content all there is BS. It's got like that ipsum facto whatever. So you know it's not a real website. Mm-hmm. And I was like, son of a sea cook. And so I panicked. My first gut reaction is, oh, son of a sea cook. I double clicked on a stupid ASS link. And then um, that's when I called you in a panic and, and I was very upset with myself because I was like, son of a sea cook, I did what I tell everyone not to do. And of course, Paul, do you want to take over your side of the story of what you told me? I believe After I my- suggested having some coffee yes. uh, and easing your way into the day. And then most of these attacks now, I mean, that kind of stuff. I mean, it, the reason they do those attacks is because they work as evidenced by like your reaction and your uh, other cl- your your other client's reaction i mean i've had the same thing my neighbors have done the the same thing they click on a link on their phone and they're like oh my god do i have to go buy a new phone and i'm like no i was like they're they're, they're mostly information harvesting attacks you know so they're trying to get some key that whatever they can't find on the internet or scrape off of the internet uh, about you. They're trying to get the rest of it, you know, so they can kind of like the, the old Sarah Palin, you know, when they changed her email password back in the day, cause they, they looked her up on Facebook and all of her security questions were related to things you could easily find out on Facebook. Right. You know, and it's just like uh, the same thing with LinkedIn, right? There was just a giant hack fairly recently within the last quarter or two where, you know, someone's, somebody scraped all of LinkedIn essentially and got quite a lot of information not the first time it happened on LinkedIn. And then they can just consolidate with that with what Facebook will actually sell them, which is, I think, nearly about everything. Um, and then they'll figure out what kind of profile you are. They know how, how old you are. They know what your friends are. They know your children, your grandparents. They know what kind of car you drive. Yeah. You know, they, well, yeah. And they put all that together and they can... It, it sounds like, you know, this one was a, a, a lazy one, but I've seen some incredibly good ones, you know, and it's... It could be, it could be really frightening out there because it's like the, the internet is, it's not, 
it's not an easy place to, to just walk in. You're, it's, there's no shallow end of the, de- the internet to walk into. You just get pushed into the deep end. Right. And unless you have a friend to give you, you know, a ride in the boat or a little floaty or something, you know, you're going to flail around a bit. <laughs> exactly. And then it was interesting because I had my girlfriend, Karen Rhodes. Uh, she's a chief technologist over at HPE mm-hmm. and love her to death. And she, she brought up something that I didn't even think about, which was, a lot of times they're just creating them just for clickbait, like just pure click. Uh, they get paid on pure the clicks. number of clicks that yeah. they, and I didn't, I didn't even think about that because I always so think of the more nefarious, like, oh, they want to get my passwords and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it's something as annoyingly innocuous as that. And, and it was pointed out to me after the fact. And my client even kind of brought it up because, you know, they themselves reach out to all their friends mm-hmm. was the, vi- there was video that was put up there. That was of an individual that had a bigger hit rate uh, or a bigger social media following than my client. And so she was thinking, well, what if it was they were actually more of the target, if you will, and just happened to be just pulling data because they are all connected with one another. And they're just, again, if they're trying to go after the clickbait thing, just the number of clicks that that that. Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, well, I mean. That's a fantastic point Karen made. I mean, it, it's, it could be as simple as just click for harvesting, right? And whatever script they use, cause you said it was a, it, it, it was, you know, from, I don't know if you can even say this from 10 feet away from the laptop, it looked like a good copy of it. But when you actually got up and tried to read any of it, it was terrible. So maybe it was just they had, they created some kind of a script that went out there and then tried to pull a bunch of information on this more popular person. And then she got caught up in because the script is kind of crappy, or right? Poorly developed. You yeah, know, that's that's because th- those kind of attacks now they're getting cheaper and easier. I mean, it started with the script kitties. You know, you used to have to be your own kind of hacker and know how to do everything, and now you could, you know, you could just copy it, and then now you can hire it out as as one of our previous episodes is as a service because everything is as a service now. You know, and then you can just go to town and scare people. I mean, it's terrible because everybody knows they need to be on the Internet, but nobody except, I mean, our group excluded, right? Because we've been doing this for a while. But And and, and like I said, like it reminds me of uh, when I texted you was that last time you texted me that damn uh, link from South Korea. And I'm like, wait a second. Paul would never send me a link from outside the country. And it turned out to be, you no, know, actually you did. And you made fun of me for it. But. Again, I clicked I on know, it, was... not even thinking twice, right? Thinking, could your phone number have gotten hacked at some, you know what I mean? And they're spamming and, you know, what other nefarious new schemes these jerks, you know, are coming up and out with. Oh, yeah, no. And it was, it was something as simple as I was trying to show you this crazy <laughs> Korean burger that I found online because uh, they make it in the shape of a UFO. And I was like, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I, and which yeah, I, no, that's it's so random that you thought that was interesting. But like, again, it's like, I have a premise, which is we as humans are inherently either ignorant, stupid, or trust overly trustworthy, yeah. worthy or trust trusting, not trustworthy, trusting. And, yeah. you know, I just if I it's from someone I know and trust, I just simply Oh, okay, yeah. I know I would be and I don't don't worry people. I'm not I'm much more conscious now. And caught, but it, it is those simple social engineering phishing yeah. emails of send, you know, to the CFO, send, you know, $50 million and transfer, oh, yeah. you know, whatever, for whatever reason. And, you know, just enough data to make it look convincing. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that goes back to, if you remember, Kevin Mitnick, right? Like he, he didn't have actually very many technical hacking skills. 
He was, however, fantastic at talking people into doing stuff. Like his, his main things would like, he would call up the, you know, he would call up AT&T or Verizon or whatever and talk to them like he was a tech and then he would get backdoored into their systems. Now, was that a technical hack? No, it's more a manipulation of people's trust. That's right? social engineering like, for sure. A hundred percent. Cause he sounded like he was, you know, he was in the crowd, right? Like he, he worked at the company. He knew the lingo. He knew the jargon. You know, he could, he could just talk his way through it. And I mean, he was fantastic. He was so successful at that. He got put in prison. You, you know, they were like, was he wasn't even allowed to use a computer that he wasn't even super technical on for a very long time, right? Well, I mean, the, it's, that cracks me up though, too. It's like, you send these people to prison. It's like, no, you, you send them into like, you know, the equivalent of like the chain gang, but it's like security chain gang, right? Like, it's like, okay, you, you, you played with the big boys. Now you're playing with the big boys. You know what I mean? I, I, well, I yeah, imagine. but he was, he was the only one we know about that went to prison. The, the majority of them usually get deals and then they go work for <clears throat> some three letter agencies. Uh, Higgs went to prison. Oh yeah, but not <laughs> all of the them do. One. Not all of yeah, them do. No, no. Not all right. of them do. Not all, it, it, it depends. A lot of them get recruited, you know, cause it, uh, a friend of mine is a teacher. Uh, on the East Coast and her school was ransomware. Uh, and then they brought the crew in, you know, you know what the, you know, the, the remediation type crews, right? And I asked her, did they kind of look a little cyberpunky mixed steampunk and then like old school goth? And then, you know, she was just like, yeah, how did you know? And I was like, that's because all the security, t- you know, response kind of teams like that at that level, they all look like that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, stop it, you. So, but I, I do think there is a big, uh, I don't think people realize when they think about like the security industry, they think uh, they're antisocial goth, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. a lot of. Well, no, lot, but it's just that it's rebel. It's rebellious. You know, it's just that there's a certain profile of people that get attracted to that, that level of hacking and that. And it's not even that level of hacking. It's, it's that technical skill based with like an irreverence towards, you know, um, the law essentially. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. You know, and it's just that, that, that mix pretty much makes it look like you were in the first Matrix movie, right? Right. (laughs) And that's, and that's, and I'm not saying that I 100% believe this, but I'm saying I've worked with a number of those response teams and to the T. They, they have a look and feel, huh? They do. Well, I was just going to say, well, there's such a huge social component to it as well, yeah. right? As we're talking about social engineering and, you know, I, I've seen, I got introduced to it um, from friends of Jim Browning and Kit Boga on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And those guys just like, to me, watching them is, is magic. And, and it, there are multiple reasons why I think they're amazing. Uh, one of which is uh, their multitasking skills. Granted, they I'm sure they've got teams to help them like, do the stuff oh, yeah. that they are to doing do the in the hack, background. The reverse hacking, yeah. But in the beginning, it was just them, right? And mm-hmm. and just the voices. And it's like they, they just turned the tables on these scammers mm-hmm. that, you know, who knows what they're putting into these environments, right? So not only are they scamming out of money, right? They could be ransomwareing them down the line. And that's what really upsets me is the fact that the, the growth – of ransomware and where are we at now? So we're entering the latter half of 2021 and we've seen exponential growth of ransomware. Yeah. I knew this was, I, I'm not even like hardcore in the industry. I've just kind of talked yeah. about it and I saw that a stinking mile, you know, a thousand miles away. And I oh, find yeah. it fascinating. These reports that are all coming out right now are like, 
ransomware is coming on strong. It's like, <laughs> wait, now you're saying that? Like, we, why wasn't this like bigger? Like, the whole solar winds, I'm still seeing, we're starting to see a lot more of the repercussions of the solar winds, right? Supply mm-hmm. chain. Um, you know, the damage it's actually causing. Um, like, am I just crazy to think like, how come these security companies didn't say it louder, faster, harder, or is it just simply hype wasn't there enough for them to sustain putting content out there to scare the rest of us? Well, I suppose it's, you know, the security companies are only really going to talk about things that they have products for companies to buy, right? And so if they don't have a product offering for a certain attack, they're probably not going to talk about that as much. And I know that sounds very cynical, but, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of the way it is. You know, it's, there's that one chart, you know, cause, you know, I was thinking about how, you know, cause of COVID and everything like that. You know, uh, I wasn't even thinking about going to Black Hat this year, you know, and then all the, all the new companies go in there trying to sell stuff at Black Hat and just the, the one chart from the previous year's Black Hat where they showed the number of different security companies. And it was like the old, the old charts of showing like tech companies in Silicon Valley. You know, it was almost a where's Waldo, uh, uh, kind of picture with 10,000 different companies in it. I mean, there's products everywhere and these companies. You know, they have a monetary incentive to sell, you know, to only talk about things that, you know, that they have a product to sell you for, right? And it's so we're gonna sad. See, it, it is sad, but you're going to see a reconsolidation, it sounds like, then. Like, I, uh, th- there are so many point products out there. I feel like there's going to be a big grab of a lot of these companies. These, like, the oh, Tommy yeah. Bravas out there, you know, are going to be, like, eating up these startups to sell and package it to these larger organizations. It's just, I just hope hope it's innovative and not just BS. Oh yeah. No, there is innovation behind it, but I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you know, I hate the whole like cat and mouse term or, you know, it's, it's, I like to say it's more cyclical, right? Because, you know, they find a way to get in like they did with solar winds then the companies, you know, then the world is trying to come up with protections against that. And then the hackers are going to find a new way to get in, you know, and that's kind of why like a lot of these ransomware things, you know, they evolved onto encrypting people's data and then trying to sell, you know, ransoming off the data back. You know, they're, they're, they're doing what, you know, capitalism is. They're trying to come up with multiple revenue streams for their illicit activities. Yeah. No, and it's, it's, it's like just a, it's business. an evolution. Yeah, yeah it's right. It's becoming like like they say like the the mob, right? They they were basically be, became corporations over time because they were so successful. They really mm-hmm. had to prioritize and like structure the business. Um, yeah. And it's I'm laughing, but I'm laughing kind of out of sadness in a way too because yeah. it's like oh my gosh, you know. Um, yeah. Well, it's the, it's the natural evolution of things, right? Like they get better, they get faster, and. For better or worse, you know, we're now in the cloud age, right? Which means innovation, especially in, you know, the computer, cybersecurity, internet realm has gone off the charts, right? Like things used to be quick moving, but now they're, you know, I don't don't know. It's the the light speed, you know, it's things are just X and they keep and things keep moving faster every year. Dude. So I actually had a conversation with a, uh, individual who's an executive at a, at a company and he is, uh, an executive from a product side. 
Mm-hmm. And um, we were just talking about, you know, the rise of the CISO. And full disclosure, and I'm going to launch it sooner than later. I just unfortunately have been very tough on scheduling, but the CISO Diaries is going to get up and out. Um, and I've been talking to so many of these lead, so many of these security leaders and just interesting stories that they've got to tell about their own careers and their path and all that stuff. But, you know, it has struck me the rise of the CISO is getting so much more prominent at the C-suite level. So mm-hmm. they're not necessarily just, you know, they may not be 100% reporting into the CEO, but it's looks like it's shifting towards that. It feels like to me the CISO is or CISO. I heard so many different pronunciations. It, it is becoming so important to protect the company. And I said this before, and I'll say it again: If you're a company, you're a tech company because mm-hmm. you've got assets, you've got IP that you need to protect that someone's willing to to steal and monetize on their own. And so this individual actually made a comment that just threw me off. So I'm going to ask you this question. That was my preface and it was a very long lunch. So (laughs) there you guys summarize the lunch. But he said, it's interesting to see this now because it feels like the CTOs are trying to justify their relevance as we have shifted over to the cloud, as we've shifted over to leading with security. The CIO still manages the applications, et cetera. But his premise is, as we've moved to the cloud, how important is the CTO's job if the data center, the core LAN, if you will, or the core, you know, the core network is shrinking? Well, it, it, I think the gist of his question is, is more along the lines of things are changing. And I probably said this until I'm blue in my face. So excuse me if I repeat myself again, but it's, the external versus internal security questions as you know, as I've been going as technology and the internet have been evolving, security was traditionally external because the internet was originally built on trust, right? Mm -hmm. You know, one university relaying email to another, trusting them that they wouldn't look in it or they wouldn't alter it or, you know, and all the protocols. I mean, it's, it, it was the culture of it. And then, you know, nefarious activities started happening and people started doing firewalls and email security and encryption. And then even poor DNS, which was, you know, the original phone book of the internet had to be encrypted. Like every subsystem that originally started open is moving to being closed. And it's the same thing right now with the applications, right? Like that was traditionally the CTO. The CTO had to decide, are we going to build this on Microsoft? Are we going to build this on Linux? You know, how are we going to do our coding? How are we going to, you know, handle this and that? But now in this day and age, security has to be internal. Uh, you know, as, as I've said again a million times and I'm repeating myself to death, you know, the zero trust. And how can you get any more zero trust than if you have security baked into your application at the code level? Right. Cause that's where we're going. That's where we have to be. Uh, and to get that done. Yeah. Security has taken. It, security is no longer the red, you know, the, the, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this anymore, but you know, like the redheaded stepchild that's kept in the basement and, you know, only thrown down food scraps, right? Right. Cause like all, a lot of security projects I've been involved in them for my career, security always gets brought in at the end. Yep. After the, the budget's been spent, the time has been spent and the deadline is looming and they're like, quick, do something to make this secure. Cause we have to launch or, you know, we have to ship it. 
And that just, that's not sufficient anymore, right? Because it's A, there's less things that are actually being shipped, right? It's all digital. But there's, but there's legal ramifications. If your product has a massive security gap, I mean, I'm sure SolarWinds is, you know, you know, Kasaya is like, you know, and I just learned it's Kasaya. I've been calling Kasaya, but whatevs. Um, Oh, the video, the, the, the camera company that got. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, just there are legal ramifications, right? Yeah. Because if oh, you absolutely, cannot absolutely, in your software yeah. platform secure whatever it is that you're securing and there's potential for data breach, oh my gosh, I can't begin to think about just the secondary well, tertiary victims, if you will, that are going to oh, sue Oh, yeah, them. no, it's, 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 it's no longer a good to have, a nice to have. It's a mandatory. And right? it's the thing is also with security is you have to be world class at it because the internet is world class. Like you're... For, you know, to use the Olympics analogy, right? Like, cause the Olympics are still going on now, I think, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the internet is the Olympics of computers, right? You, and, and you have to have Olympic grade security on there. Cause if you go up there and you're like, Oh, I'm the fastest runner in my town. It's like, great. That's the fastest runner in the world. Like you're going to lose that race. And you know, if you have value, you know, whatever valuable thing you can have up there, if it's interesting enough or somebody wants it enough, they'll take it. And especially the, the phone hacking too, because that, that scared a lot of people, right? They didn't want to believe that their phones could be hacked so easily, you know, from the Israeli company. What is it, NOS? I think. I know. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember the, uh, I'd have to look that up. Yeah. But it was pretty much they revealed that, you know, you, they said they only sold their software to state governments that had good reasons. And then it turns out they sold it to anybody who'd get, you know, who'd pay, who, who could pay, uh, pretty much. You know, or had a, had a weak version, you know, reason to, to spy on people. And they were going after political activists and reporters and just all kinds of stuff. You know, I don't profess to be uh, an expert on this. I clearly am not. In fact, I, I consider this, you know, just hearing conversations from you and from others. Like it's like a mini masterclass for me, right? It's almost like a reader's digest version. You guys do all the hard work and then you dumb it down for people like me to better understand. And then therefore I feel like I'm a genius, but you know, I just, I, I I've asked this question of, of pretty much all the CISOs that we've interviewed. And I'm like, okay, one last question. And they're like, okay, what? And I ask, you know, to pay or not to pay? And resoundingly, all of them are just like, obviously, that's not ideal. You don't want to pay. But everyone off opens up the but, you know, the just, you know, maybe. But majority is like, hell no, but they still have that but, right? And it makes sense because someone told me about this. And I'm like, duh, of course. You know, it just never been articulated. And I know it's happening, which is the more you ransom or you pay to these people, the more money and fuel they have to go and do more sophisticated attacks. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh my God, what a freaking like uh, downward spiral. I don't know how to call it. Like you're in a death spiral, right? It's a slippery slope. It's the definition of a slippery slope, right? It is. You're you're funding, you know, faster, faster progress down there. You know, it's, it's a, it's a bad thing. I mean, it's. Or if there's a less scrupulous company that's like, well, Money's money. We don't care if it's from hackers or nation states or from, you know, Billy Jean's mom. I don't know why I said Billy Jean. It's, it's song in my head right now. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I think they do it. You know, they want to pay because at that point, it's, it's kind of like the heartbreaking tales of 
the folks with COVID going onto the ventilators, right? And they're asking the doctors, they're asking the doctors for the vaccine, you know, cause they, they're, they're desperate for their health at that moment. And it's the same way with these companies, right? They literally, they're, they're dying. They're about to, you know, they have almost no options, right? Cause, you know, sometimes they don't even know if they pay the money while they actually get their data back, right? But yeah. they have no other choice. You know, if they if they didn't prepare beforehand, you know, like the COVID person and get the vaccine and have a better chance of getting around it, you know, but the computer version is, did they have backups? Did they have multiple sets of backups? Did they have discovery, uh, disaster recovery plans? You know, did they did they do all of their homework first? You know, were they a Boy Scout or Girl Scout? Were they prepared? You know, and if the answer to that is no, then you're it's an un, unwinnable question, right? Because it's do you give up the company and not pay? Or do you pay and have a chance of keeping the company? And but then being a target and blacklisting, oh, yeah. and like, uh, yeah. I mean, it's well. Okay, then okay. So that at that point, okay. So obviously zero trust, right? You got to have good hygiene when it comes to proper defense. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to, I mean, suck it up on the storage side of things to make sure that your backups are are up to speed, right? Like that that you can actually recover your data properly. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's, it's tremendously easier now because of the cloud, right? That's making all the innovation go faster is you don't have to have two data centers anymore, right? You could have one data center and a virtual cloud backup data center. Or like many people figured out, why not just have two cloud data centers in different geographical regions? And that's exactly what I was talking to with that other individual. Uh, that's what they're doing or looking to do. So mm-hmm. it's crazy. Again, it's. Oh, yeah. Well, it was like that. There was a going back maybe a year or or more now at that point where there was a whole bunch of cloud companies that went down because they didn't pay for geographic diversity in AWS. And there was some problem with one of the East Coast AWS data centers. Right. And I don't know. It wasn't even a huge problem, but everybody didn't want to pay the extra however much money to make sure that they had redundancy somewhere else. That's crazy. Well, Paul, I appreciate you. And I can't believe how quickly like 30 minutes goes by whenever we're just chatting. And sometimes I feel like our conversations just need to flow. And so I didn't have an agenda for today necessarily. I just, I was really pissed off. Like, again, I was really pissed off with my client. And that kind of just set me off on like, you know, why this podcast matters and why all the podcast matters that, you know, for security, it's, we're all victims at some point and we're going to be right. Oh, yeah. And that's why I like talking about this, because, I mean, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm trying to say the same thing over and over so that if I can help one person, if it sinks in, if I can help one company, then it's it's fantastic. Exactly. So, my friend, any parting thoughts before I uh, you walk me off the ledge like many, many times throughout my life and uh, most recently last week? uh, Is there any? Ooh, how about this? Because, uh, you know, I don't want to timestamp too much, but like, you know. Black Hat, is there anything that uh, you're looking forward to or checking out? I'm going to be, uh, unfortunately, I can't attend, I cannot attend Vegas, but I'm going to be attending virtually. Is there anything you're looking forward to? Uh, I'm just kind of, I always like to see all the new papers and, you know, and all the new presentations that come out of there. I mean, that's, 
that's pretty much my thing. God, you're you such know? a security guy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, if I don't get to go to Vegas and drink, I mean, you know what else am I going to say? It's, it's the saddest thing in the world to be sitting on a Zoom conference where people are like, let's drink over Zoom. And you're like, no, that's just alcoholism. <laughs> that's just blatant. Oh, well, it doesn't, well, that's, it's not. You, I mean, you're, you're virtually doing it together. I mean, come on. Cause that's what I do all the time, Paul. I, 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 okay. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh, but I mean, to me, I like to drink when I can. You know, when you're next to a person. Not there is something straight. to be said about that in-person yeah. interaction for yeah. sure. So maybe, yeah. well, whenever you come up to Dallas or whatever, man, let's, let's, we should do a recording in our studio. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'd actually like to see the studio instead of my little second bedroom here. Oh, I know it. Right. I know. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much. And I think we're going to go ahead right. and wrap this up for another episode of the Ransomware Battleground until the next battle. <laughs> that was so smooth, lame huh smooth <laughs> I'm like until the next what until the next rants I don't want to say rants somewhere again that's lame until the next podcast <laughs> alright I really appreciate you Paul thank you so much and that right. wraps it up right, for another you. episode of the ransomware battleground